This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome to Tort Talk. This is the show where you get to hear about lawyery things. The law, court, opinions, maybe not like law and order sound effects, but that kind of thing. But you're going to be able to hear about the kind of things that impact you with the law because we talk every single week with Terrence Gross from Gross and & Schuster, and he is a lawyer who knows what the heck he's talking about, and I am Paul Stadden, a guy who knows how to ask him questions. Hopefully, I'm standing in for you so that I'm getting the questions across that you want asked. As always, if you want to hear something specific that we're not talking about, you can always let us know if there's a topic you'd like to hear about. But anyway, welcome to the show, Terrence. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here, and uh, it's fun every now and then to get away from the personal injury uh, yeah. topics. I'll get back to it, but for the next, you know, the, these past shows, there's been so much going on yeah. with the Supreme Court. I thought it was just time to take that uh, to task. Absolutely. And so, we, you know, if you haven't listened to the past few episodes, first of all, go do that. They're very good. But we've been talking about the repeal of Roe versus Wade, and We've not been touching on it from, I think, what a lot of people are going to be touching on, which is the moral and the ethic of Roe versus Wade and abortion. But talking about it from a legal standpoint, how did the court do this? How was this repealed? Is there uh, a difference between a liberal, conservative court? Should they be elected? Should they be appointed? And so we talked about the powers of the government in all of this. So maybe this is an important thing where we can talk about the three branches of government and how these different powers work with and sometimes against each other. So let's talk about how their powers are. Are they complementary or are they overlapped? How does exactly do the different branches work? Well, they overlap, you know, in the eighth grade, it it sounded so simple. You you learn the executive branch was the president. He executes the law. Mm -hmm. And then the Congress makes the law, the the legislative body, and then the judges interpret it. And it sounded so easy. Yeah, simple. And then I went through political science and then even now. But now it it amazes me because when when I was young, maybe I just wasn't paying attention when I was in my (laughs) 20s. Or maybe it's more usage now. But these executive orders are crazy. And if you think about it, when Biden makes executive orders or when Trump did them, and they could be like, you can't drill in wetlands, you right. can do this, you can't do whatever, but they're enacting law. So mm. it, it, it it doesn't sound executive. When they do an executive order, it's a law. So mm. they, if mm-hmm. you remember when Trump was, he, he limited uh, people from immigrating from certain countries. He named about, you know, when he thought they were terrorist countries, remember? Uh, yeah, these so he, something whole countries that he Yeah, mentioned. so he named about six or seven of them, whatever they were, you know, and and, and just boom, 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 that was the law. There yeah. was no Congress didn't pass that, and, and, and boom, is executive order. And we've seen it with, with drilling on federal lands. We've seen it with, with other things, and now, you know, uh, Biden's going around and undoing some of Trump's uh, executive right. orders, and we've had them with the immigration, you know, these orders – and they seem to be kind of unilateral, so it doesn't even feel right hmm. uh, to me because it, it, he's supposed to be. I thought I learned he's the executive. He's supposed to be carrying out the orders, not making the law. But yet the executive order exception, it, they're absolutely making laws. So, and 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 that is um, very odd to me. I have a maybe maybe a dumb question, right? But executive orders can't be vetoed, right? 
Well, there's nobody to veto. They could be hurt. They could probably be thrown out the Supreme Court because the only okay. person who could veto a law is the head honcho, which is the president. Which is the president. So our governor vetoes any state stuff. So DeSantis, right. he, he's vetoed many laws that have, have come across his desk that were passed by the legislature. So they, again, there's this overlap, the interplay uh, between them. And then, of course, the judiciary. So the Supreme Court could absolutely decide that either one of Biden's executive orders or one of Trump's pre-existing orders is unconstitutional because they could say anything in executive order. Right. They can go back to separate but equal. They could oh, they gosh. could do whatever. And, and, you know, there's all this stuff about, you know, uh, gay marriage and, and whatever. So, uh, yeah, all this could be – it's all bouncing around. But, yeah, the overlap, it used to – I never used to see it, and now there's such a major overlap – and that's what I was talking about in the past uh, program, where clearly, if you read the opinions where Roe versus Wade was thrown out, those there was a majority of justices that felt that the 1973 Supreme Court overreached and enacted a law, okay. did not interpret any law. There was no law. There was no abortion law to interpret. Mm. So they pulled it out of thin air in the 24 weeks, and 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 so be it. So, so that's how they got to uh, rescinding it, even though it was precedent and precedent is to be followed. So that's why a lot of people are very uh, certainly down on Kavanaugh because he, he mm. was questioned more about abortion than uh, Gorsuch or uh, uh, the, the, the most recent lady. So at the end of the day, um, you know, because he said it was twice affirmed. So not only was... Uh, Roe versus Wade passed in 73, but it was affirmed by another Supreme Court in 1992. Hmm. And and so they, they threw everything out, you know, the baby with the bathwater. So there is an overlap. And, um, you know, th- that that's what makes it sticky. I mean, so we, it's interesting times. I wish right now. I, may, I probably make too much money as a personal energy lawyer to do this, but I always wanted to be a professor. So I would love to teach at the college level and have the Socratic method, have right. some bright kids and discuss how, what fun this would be right now in these times to discuss. Because if you're really getting mm-hmm. into the, the branches of government, if that was your topic, God, there's just so much to talk oh. about right now. Gosh, um, yes. It's amazing. So I think about this. Um, we talk about Roe v. Wade being passed in 1973, and I think, and again, I'm trying to stick mainly to this being a law question, I'm not talking about the ethic or the morals of abortion or anything like that. Right. Uh, so let's go back to, say, 1974. If this had been repealed then, would there be the kind of outcry about activism that there is now? Because as you said, there was no law that said abortion is something and it can be done this way. It's the Supreme Court said, this is what is allowed now. And so why did it take nearly 50 years to come to this particular conclusion, if this is the correct conclusion, when if it had been done a year after or six months or whenever at that time, would people be complaining about the kind of activism that they're complaining about now? Well, it depends. You know, I'm trying to stay as analytical as possible. Right. Yeah. Same here. (laughs) And and, and, because many of our listeners, 
depending on their cynicism and their uh, party affiliation, said, well, duh. Right. Trump put three people in the Supreme Court, right. and, and there's more to come. This ain't going to be the only axe that falls. And, and there could be some truth to that, because if you became a Supreme Court justice now, mm-hmm. and I became, is even though you're trying to be fair, you can't leave behind your life experiences and true and, yeah. and and you know you know maybe that's what biden was trying to do when he said i want jackson to be i want the next one to be a black woman so that to have that diversity mm-hmm. on, on on the supreme court so we now have three women and we now have two blacks so to maybe represent more uh, of america now many of the uh, liberals i don't know what they call think of justice thomas because he's black but he's the most conservative right, person up right, there right uh and that i think that but again it, it's not a perfect system i'm not going right. to defend this to say we're perfect right but it's worked for so long and um i i'm i'm a big believer in in our country in our system i think our forefathers were were smart did they make mistakes of course they did if you go back to the old pictures what do you see when you see them in that in the voting hall of the Constitution, they're all white men, right? And they probably were all landowners, so of some wealth. Mm-hmm. And in all this language about everybody's created equal, well, not blacks, not right, women. Right. Women couldn't vote till 1920. So right. this is 1789. All men are created equal. Well, what about women? <laughs> right. Well, uh, well, we'll get to them later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Grammar-wise, you can look at that as, you know, people say mankind, you know, and every person, you know, and I'm, I'm thrilled with the language that existed that they came up with that allowed for later rights being given to people who should have had them in the, you know, if, if truly our, all men are created equal, if everybody's created equal, then truly we should all have rights. So getting back to kind of my, my thought here is, you know, here's something that sounds like it was created by activism and something that was eliminated by activism. And so it's interesting because depending on your point of view about the thing of which we are talking, uh, it sounds like we're all okay with activism as long as it results in something that we like. So the Bo- Roe v. Wade was established by something that wasn't pre-existing, that wasn't a, a law that they were interpreting. This is something that's created. But if you're cool with it, then great. It was activism that resulted in something I like. Now it's being repealed. Well, that's activism. But if you don't like Roe v. Wade, if you don't like that, that's cool with you that this activism was. Re- so are we all just cool with stuff that we like? You know, and that that's the problem, you know, because I'm trying to stay. I'm a centrist. And again, I, I don't belong to either party, which right. makes me pretty, pretty fair. But it, it, it you're right, because everything's gotten so political now. And, you know, so what's good for the goose is uh, good for the gander. We talked about um, stacking the court. And so, yeah, so if the Democrats got their way and they can mm-hmm. add another three people to the court, then they could change the balance and they'd be so happy. Right. Well, then a Republican's elected and goes, well, we're going to add another three. I mean, so, and all of a sudden we're, we're, we're going to, like, right. 20 years from now, we're going to have 25 justices on the Supreme <laughs> Court. So it, you, know, you, you don't want to open up Pandora's box. Right. And so I think it, it has worked. The system goes back and forth. You should always vote. Voting does make a difference. And um, I do believe this. I'll, I'll give you as a political scientist. I would say without this Roe decision that, that just happened, I would predict 
that in the upcoming election uh, in November of 22, that uh, the Senate would be won by the uh, Republicans and the House. Mm. Now, mm. with this Roe versus Wade decision, it's going to energize Interesting. The, the liberals because, again, we, we got inflation, we got all you know, right. people are paying over $5 a gallon for gas and, and whatever. So there's a lot of dissension, a lot of people are dismayed. Uh, so I, I think it had been a shoe in. So now it's just going to be this. Usually the the midterm elections are, you know, not well attended, and mm. and the party that was just elected usually loses ground over time. You could look at graphs on this stuff, so it'll be very interesting. Um, huh. And and our, our next show, our last show of this series, while we're on this topic, I want to get into the electoral college for our next show, uh, but we don't have time right yeah. now. It looks like we were out of time. Yeah, I was going to ask you uh, if we could talk about because you said every vote, everybody should go vote, and uh, the constant thing I hear is, well, why vote if the electoral college is the one that's going to really decide it anyway? And well, there are good reasons why you should vote, but to make this a little bit clickbaity, you're going to have to wait until next time for us to talk about those kinds of things. So. We talked a lot about uh, how our government functions, Roe versus Wade being repealed. And next time we're going to talk about the Electoral College. So, Terrence, I appreciate you being here. If everybody hasn't set fire to their computer by now in anger about all of this, I hope that you'll join us next time. Good. (laughs) Good.